0: to the Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State
1: football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the, the Blue, Blue and White, White Brothers. brothers. <laughs> Two brothers. Two takes. One team. <laughs> Bro, we made it. <laughs> we made it. We're finally it's here. Ohio
0: State Week.
1: Oh my gosh. It's halfway through the season officially, and things are going about as good as you could hope. Penn State is six and zero, and now the real test is ahead of us, and we're going to talk all about it. That Ohio State team—it's going to be—it's going to be everything. Ohio State, plenty of hate for Ohio State. It's Ohio State hate week. Um, it's Ryan Day hate week we got a couple other <laughs> things in this episode as well. Uh, we got a mailbag entry, um, and we've got Man, to buy the numbers here at the end of the show, but, um, the bulk of it's just going to be talking about Ohio state, trying to parse it, pull it apart, figure out what hope we have. I think we've got a good, a good hope. To win this game bro but we'll listen, get into that
0: uh, yeah it's like I, I, I i'm excited i'm not like feeling like oh my gosh we have ohio State. I, that's a good feeling to have going into ohio state week you know
1: i agree um before we get into it i want to remind you guys subscribe follow the podcast so when we get that big victory you can listen to our recap early next week share it with your penn state friends this is the time if you're going to be a fair weather Penn State fan, this is the time to be it. So share this with your friends who are just getting into Penn State. <laughs> we if condone you've been it. <laughs> di- I know. I know. We've got a lot of really diehard listeners who are who are who really love Penn State through the thick and thin, but you know what? Now's the time to hook the folks that are just starting to pay attention. this hook State, line
0: and sinker
1: hundred <laughs> percent share the podcast with your friends, send them the link, um, write us a review, give us a rating, send us an email for that mailbag, blue and white brothers at gmail.com. And speaking of let's open up that mailbag right now. Mailbag time. Well, Bro, we've got just one entry today, and it's from Sue Rapine, a
0: repeat offender,
1: a repeat a repeat, offender. repeat
0: Rapine defender, or offender.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, last time, last time we had a mailbag from Sue, we said, "Sue, please help us out. We need to know how to pronounce your last name." And she gratefully and thankfully op- obliged. And in fact, she said um, that in fact, her in laws, uh, her father in law and mother in law, both pronounced. Her own last name differently. <laughs> so she gave a she actually sent me a recording. We've got two options. One is Repine. Mm-hmm. The other is Repine.
0: If yeah, I mean I'm a Repine guy, I feel like. I I
1: like Repine.
0: You like that's why it's two brothers, two takes one team. All right. <laughs> Pine and
1: Repine goes into a store. Pine comes out. Who's left? Repine.
0: <laughs> See, I'm a Repine guy. <laughs> Sue, thanks for writing in. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah. All right. So she says, Hey guys, uh, in week seven, I watched West Virginia lose a heartbreaker to Houston. They'd managed to go ahead by four points with 12 seconds on the clock. It looked like they were going to pull it out. And then with three seconds left, the Houston quarterback who went 15 for 15 in the second half Oof. threw up a hail Mary that miraculously fell into the hands of a Houston receiver game over. So here's my question. Do you think the Penn state Ohio state winner will be decided during the last seconds of the game? And if that's how the game goes, I'm going to, am I going to wake up on Sunday morning feeling the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? You're asking me
0: to like kind of make an early prediction here, Sue. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he's going out of order. Here's what I'll say about, about this game. I can absolutely see a world where it does come down to the last minute or so. And the last team that has the ball kind of has the chance to win the game. Um, I can see it, you know, but you know, I think uh, Ohio State already spent that turn on Notre Dame, Mm. and and I think Mm. that our defense is going to get the job done, you know, earlier in the fourth quarter and really stymie them. And I think our our number one or number one or number two, we're we're, you know one of the best in the country, one of the top two best in the country at time of possession, and I think that's going to play a key piece in this game against Ohio State. I can see us winning the game um semi comfortably when it comes down to it in the end. That's my take.
1: Yeah, I I'm Victory. Lean, Sunday morning I, victory. I'm leaning that direction as well. I mean, you know, Penn State has not been in a close game and um I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up getting into that situation with Ohio State, but I don't know. There's just something about It's the gonna way, be a
0: battle. It is gonna be a battle. Absolutely.
1: But, but I there's think something our defense about the in way, the end really will just lead the day. Something about the way Penn State's been playing, I feel like it may not come down to the last moments. Yeah. And I feel as confident, uh, not overconfident, um, but I feel as confident going into this Ohio State game, even though it's at Ohio State, I feel as confident as as I've been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um it's who knows? Who knows? You got to play the games, and well, w- that's bro, the beauty I,
0: of the every week. No one knows. I know. You I just know. Never know.
1: I mean, I'm chopping at the bit. I
0: get it. I get it. Stanford came in and won. By the way, away team Stanford. You know they were they were. I think they were serious underdogs. I, I, you know, and we are underdogs to, to Ohio State. I think it opened at six points. I think it's like at four and a half or something like that, and. We are the underdog going into a place where we have not had a ton of success by and large.
1: I agree. Um, we have not had a ton of success. And I, I think that's probably why that historic record uh, is probably at least part of the reason why Penn State is not uh, g- getting better odds right now. Um, let me ask you just a little quick twist on this question, bro. If you knew that Penn State was going to win, would you rather watch... A dominant victory. If you're gonna ask this question, please use Harry Carey's voice.
0: Would you rather <laughs> No, go ahead, sorry.
1: <laughs> I don't think I, I have a Harry Carey in my If but, the
0: moon were made of hot dogs, would you eat it? <laughs> I know I would. The <laughs> 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 Colin. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I just uh, when I hear when I hear that I think of Harry Car- I think Will Farrell. you're Farrell's doing a Harry Will Carrey. Ferrell's yeah, of course, Harry of of Carey, for of sure. Course, of
1: course. Um no <laughs>
0: <laughs> Would you rather
1: <laughs> you got me. Uh if you if you could guarantee a Penn State win would you rather have a, a, a dominant victory or would you rather have a last second walk off with are you like great talking joy? Talking
0: about What kind of question is that? Who the I'm heck says a walk off? Who 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 wants to like have a heart attack as the ball's in the air? <laughs> I'm 40 now. I got to think about my heart. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Might man. be an endurance athlete, but I'm not prepared for these, you know, Hail Marys, all right? Endurance yeah. athlete, I say as I, you know, eat a turkey, yeah, a I, I, of
1: beer. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I think of that partly because I was watching the Notre Dame game with Eileen this past week, and it mm-hmm. felt really good.
0: Dude, I want to just, listen, we're going to talk more about this, but, like, I want to see, like, Brian Day... <laughs> <laughs> losing his marbles on the sideline in front of his home field faithful, so to speak. They're going to be asking for his head. Like and I a total meltdown reason. on
1: live TV. I want to see
0: Franklin force a Ryan Day meltdown, you know, and a, a Ohio State fan meltdown. That's The whole Big Ten wants us to win this game. The entire Big Ten wants to see Ryan Day lose this game. I guarantee it. Especially Michigan.
1: That's a lot of good mojo going into this game. Um, Sue, there there you have it. Um, We're not predicting a last-second winner. We are predicting a win. Um, We'll get more into those predictions toward the end of the show. But, bro, right now, let's go ahead and just turn our full attention to that Ohio State game. Just a quick uh, few details about the game itself. This game is being broadcast on Fox. Whoopie! it's a big oh, noon kick gush johnson and
0: joel kersplat i don't know these guys you know, I, I this big noon kickoff is such a yawner to me from a from a fake hype mobile that they truck in i mean obviously we've seen what they've done all year with colorado and now you know i don't know if you had like plans on when you wanted to talk about this andy but
1: they were casting some shade at yeah. james franklin this past week yeah um and, um, it was, it was actually a misplaced shade because yes, they, they brought true. up, they brought up, um, James Franklin mentioning, uh, big 10 teams buying out their, um, you know, sort of big name games, uh, you remember Michigan, a couple years ago, bought out their USC, uh, excuse me, UCLA. UCLA game in favor of Before some they were even
0: coming to the Big Ten, by the way. Had, Correct. That wasn't even on the table. It wasn't even a thought. It just, you know, uh, Michigan was like, eh, we don't want to play that game. Uh, so uh, we'll buy out.
1: Yeah. So James Franklin uh, brought that up, uh, just talking about sort of scheduling strategy, saying, like, hey, there are Big Ten teams that are buying out their, uh, you know, Power Five games in order to schedule some easier competition, um, and uh, that came up during the broadcast. I, who, who, what game were they calling this week? I can't remember. The per,
0: the Ohio State Purdue game.
1: Right, right, and um, and they and they were saying, uh, you know, hey, that's rich considering Penn State's playing UMass today and they took it like James Franklin was like dissing Michigan when in fact what Franklin was doing is he was saying no other teams are doing this and that's going to be our strategy going forward because non-conference games we can't afford to lose them because the conference schedule is so difficult that i mean from a from a making it into the 12 team playoff like yeah. you're
0: extending the season you got to keep your dudes healthy you got to win these games big when you can to get your you know your other players on the field so that your you know your best players stay healthy it's yeah the it's conference a true late, algebraic numbers game
1: the conference slate is tough enough as it is right you know you don't want to risk a loss uh in the non-con that's at least you know what james franklin's perspective no. is and like that's also why by the way Pat and Narduzzi we're not scheduling Pitt every other year because
0: which you is know, a sad truth when you're, and a sad when fact when your
1: conference is kind of the name of the game it's sad right reality
0: because I would love and, to play pit every um, year and rub their noses in their own urine anyway uh <laughs> Wow. Uh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Gus and Joel were kind of having some fun at James Franklin's expense when it was completely misplaced and guess who gets to call our game? They were, by the way, it was a love fest for Ohio state as well. Like I, I just, you know, Uh, To me, it feels so cheap and easy. And we were talking about like the hype train on Colorado. It's like you'd expect journalists to go a layer deeper than all of the like clickbait hype that's happening all over the place. And I do feel that, you know, Penn State has been a largely overlooked team, both in the rankings and in just perceptions about the major sports outlets i don't think that that's very warranted you know you look at a team like florida state and they're still stuck there at number four when their wins are definitely not nearly as solid as they have been lately penn state's knocking they've it out almost of
0: the park. lost to boston college they week after they week. had to come from behind to win in the fourth quarter at the very end to beat clemson uh they they're uh, at least one other game i think it was too close for comfort for them uh i mean andy Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson called, and I thought more of Joel Klatt, to be honest with you, and I'm going to outline what they said, the quote, but even in the Illinois game, they were, like, noticeably they were bored. They, they, were, they were bored with what Penn State was doing and wanting, wanting, it seemed desiring to see Illinois actually pull out what at the beginning was a closer game than we would have wanted. And it just seemed like they had no respect for Penn State whatsoever. And here's the quote, by the way, Klatt said, and I quote, (laughs) you know, Andy, actually, I I goofed up. They were actually at the Michigan-Indiana game. It's hard to keep these uh, guys, you know, uh, wherever they are all all season long. My bad. My bad, everybody. But here, at the Michigan-Indiana game, they are Gus Johnsoning over Michigan. They say, this team's real good. I think this team's better at the line of scrimmage than Ohio State and Penn State, Klatt said, most likely better on both sides of the ball. And then he went on to say, well, Gus went on to say, according to James Franklin, Michigan's not playing anybody. They're opting out of contracts. And then Gus, Gus's partner, Joel Klatt, retorts, well, that's pretty rich coming from a guy playing UMass this week. And now my phone's about to blow up because he knew what he said there is ridiculous because, you know, I mean, Michigan backed out of a UCLA deal and and ended up like putting I think like East Carolina and Hawaii on the schedule or something like that. Yeah, East Carolina and Hawaii. So, I mean, what,
1: Yeah, what and you- by the way, again, James Franklin was actually like complimenting right complimenting or like applauding sort of that approach because that's James Franklin's approach he Franklin didn't care that they scheduled UMass no, totally
0: out of context and even before so when that quote was taken out of context after his like midweek presser the next day which would have been I believe his midweek pressers are on Tuesday I believe yeah and the next day on Wednesday Franklin just came out and was like y'all are miss you know you know miscontextualizing what I said he's like I and then he went on to say you know I'm not this is not a we're trying and emulate this and so let's see that the game you know wednesday thursday friday we're talking like three to four days go by and then michigan's playing and gus and joel say this after franklin already came out and it's
1: just it's just a you know <laughs> this, is a, this is a pretty epic rant uh yeah. <laughs> tangent but like it, just to say like you know gus and joel have been one of the premier announcing duos in the past and it just feels like at least from a penn state fan perspective it's they, they're they disrespectful of Penn State recently. Yeah. They're not even doing their homework in terms of, you know, they're just sort of like following the clickbait viral video stuff so, without even, you know, getting below yeah. the surface. And, so. and a
0: lot of it had to do with how, like, Michigan fans were up in arms at what, the miscontextualized quotes from Franklin were were indicating to angry Michigan fans for bulletin board material, and and it's like, uh, okay, so 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 what does that mean going forward for for a guy like Franklin when Gus and Joel come in to the horseshoe and want to gush Johnson themselves over Ohio State in a game that they love? They just love these front runners. They, they yeah. definitely do. They're definitely like, who's the who's the darling this week? And and so so this is like to
1: me it'll be interesting to see what the you know what the experience watching the broadcast is going to be absolutely especially
0: especially when thinking about how Michigan will be coming to Beaver Stadium given the outcome of the Penn State Ohio State game it'll be interesting to see how how if they possibly change their tunes depending on what Penn State does in this game because here in my opinion to me Franklin is not gonna let this like just be swept under the rug. He's not it, it, whether it's you know and to the media. I, I doubt it's gonna be to the media at least before the game, but behind closed doors, much like how in the Iowa week yeah. leading up to the Iowa game, he used some stuff. You know the Iowa game from two thousand twenty-one when um, Clifford and um, uh, help me with my, with uh you know our big our big defensive tackle went down. Why can't I think of his Mustapher? name? Thank you, PJ Mustafer. Um when they went down, you know, Franklin used that as motivation for the team. Now, I don't know if that's going to equate to like Baltimore material to the team himself, but I wonder if Franklin himself has a bit of like just rage building within him that he wants to take out on Ohio state this week, because this is a, this is a g- career defining week for Franklin. Look, in my you, opinion, you
1: don't need Gus and Joel's disrespect. No, you don't to light a, a fire. cherry
0: on top.
1: To, like, so let's talk about Ohio state. Just, just in the record books, bro, just okay. in the record okay. books, we are 13 and 24 all time against Ohio state. They have almost twice as many wins as we do in the series. And in the last 21 years since 2002, you know, like kind of the end of the sort of like the Joe Paterno sort of peak Joe Paterno era in the last 21 years, four and 17, James Franklin himself has only beaten Ohio state one time. He's never beaten Ohio state. In the horseshoe yeah. and i don't know if you know this man but the big 10 east was formed in 2014 before that it was legends and leaders and when uh you know rutgers and uh maryland came in they swapped it to the the east and the west in that time that 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 exactly corresponds with james franklin's tenure one win against ohio state in the big 10 east this is our last year in the big 10 east and we have a a really remarkable opportunity to kind of put an exclamation point, you know, sort of turn the tables on that on that history. If we don't, bro, I mean, we're riding currently a six game losing streak against Ohio State. Is that how we want to leave the Big Ten East behind? With a, Is
0: that how we want to leave the fourteen playoff behind?
1: I, I mean, absolutely, very, very good point. You know, and um, you were saying to me offline, bro. Um, Every loss versus Ohio State, especially in, in you know, sort of the 2000s, it just looms large in terms of how we feel about Penn State. It looms large in how Penn State is viewed nationally. I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, a broadcasting duo, you know, as revered as, you know, Gus and Joel can take one look at the schedule coming up and saying, well, Ohio State, Penn State, you know, it's probably going to be Ohio State, you know, because Penn State hasn't really shown otherwise in the last 20 years
0: yeah and and on top of that add to the resume of this season that we dropped in the rankings with a 63 to nothing blowout victory over umass and essentially are you know as as awesome as we have looked statistically um you know there's still that doubt you know that that hey can they get it done against the two teams in this conference, in this division that matter the most? That Franklin, by and large, with the exception of the Michigan here and there, uh, in the Harbaugh era, um, they just ha- he hasn't really gotten it done. And it's like it really is boiling down to this juncture: as can he and Penn State get it done against Ohio State? Can they finally gain some national respect? Like you know, Andy, I mean, this is. 11 wins in a row since losing to Ohio State in in a game where Penn State had them on the ropes in the fourth quarter.
1: Look, uh, you know, that record... We've
0: been on a mission since then, Andy.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and like, by the way, that 30-point win... Uh, excuse me. That thirty points per game scoring streak. Yeah, that dates back to that Ohio State game. You know with, the yeah, the consecutive yeah. quarters scored that that spans that whole time. Our offense yeah. and our defense has been in on a tear. But you know who we haven't played during that time?
0: Anyone Ohio other State State than Utah is the only team um, that really is worth. Putting on the resume of like, hey, we beat this team, a top ten team, um, and they were without. We we took their you know quarterback out in the second half of that game, albeit when we kind of were, were already starting to lay the wood on them. But there is that caveat. So it's it's really a a, a put up or shut up week for Penn State.
1: It really yeah, is I, part of what makes this series so galling, especially in the last you know twenty years, last four you know last seven eight years, mm-hmm. is that there have been so many close games that we have lost right i mean other than that 2016 win that thriller in the whiteout uh when you know we we blocked that kick and then held on for dear life to to finish that game and you know ruined urban meyer's you know season until the college football playoff when committee voted them us. against I mean, uh, speaking of, I mean, that's part of that, like being dissed uh, Penn State. We you were know, the historically. closest two-loss
0: team to making the playoff probably uh, ever, but it still wasn't. But out,
1: outside of that yeah. win, like, so the very next year, 2017. I was there. In the I horseshoe. Was there. I in was the horseshoe. There. <laughs> Dude, we were the number two team in the country. We were facing the number six team in the country. Very similar to this year right? Yeah. Yeah. We had a 15 point lead in the second half an 11 point lead with five minutes and 42 seconds left in the game. Yeah. And then heartbreak. And then there's last year's game. We were number 13. Ohio state was number two. And again, found ourselves with a fourth quarter lead. We're up five points with nine and a half minutes to go. And the wheels fell off. Dude, they scored. I I hate to even bring it up. They scored four (laughs) touchdowns in the last Nine and a half minutes.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and you, we mentioned the 2018 game as well earlier in the last episode. Uh, yep. Uh, we, Andy, we were up 26 to 14. We were up 26 to 14 in the fourth quarter in Happy Valley at Beaver Stadium.
1: Just heartbreak. Just, yeah, heartbreak. lost by one point. Yeah. So, you know, uh,
0: and we had a we chance have, to come back in that game, by the way, with two and two and a half minutes left. That we had the opportunity.
1: The same time uh, in the same same in the 2017 game, yeah, we had yeah. we had a minute but, and a half with the ball and and went three and out. You know, PS, PTSD,
0: as Joel gives us on the sidebar here. <laughs> he says, "What are you doing to me?" Uh,
1: yeah, so I'm just saying, Penn State has very often played its best game when they played Ohio State, and still, in the last 10 years, we've come up short and now is the time you know ohio state is our death star yeah yeah <laughs> you know and right. and you know our jedi training isn't now complete can we go up against darth vader and emperor palpatine and actually go in there and win the day well, well here's my question who's darth vader and who's emperor palpatine yeah i don't know
0: it, it, it's almost like ryan day is is darth vader and emperor palpatine was meyer
1: <laughs> well, I don't or, know. or or <laughs> Emperor Palpatine is like the Big Ten Conference or college football, who are like manipulating things so that <laughs> Ohio State always gets the the inside uh, track.
0: Either way, has it very hateable. Uh, I'm just saying. Very, they had a very what? punchable face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like in 2016, that was when like Luke Skywalker had just learned to use the force and we he kind of like stole this victory, you know, by hitting the torpedo and this like, one right. weak link. You know? right.
0: That was that was 2016. That was the, the block kick and the return for a touchdown was you, ha- you hit that, you know, you yeah, hit rom- Womp Rats <laughs> back use on. Use the force, Luke. Womp well, hump rats are only, uh, you know, one, one meter and a half wide or whatever the heck Luke said. <laughs> is that him out time back on? Was he from Tatooine? I don't remember. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, um, Beggar's Canyon back home. Y- there you go. <laughs> I can just hear a young Luke saying that. But now, you know, so so is Luke Skywalker, who's Luke Skywalker? Is that Franklin?
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Okay. It's not Drew
1: Aller, all right? You know? No, no, no. Yeah, no, because Drew's new. Drew's the, yeah. new, the new shiny guy. I don't even know. But I mean, um, you know, it's like, you know, in, in Return of the Jedi, Luke has now completed his training. Yeah. You know, and he goes, you know, head to head against Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine. And he kind of, yeah, I mean, you know, it still comes down to the last moments and there's a surprise, but like he holds his own. So is Drew Aller um, Lando Calrissian? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Getting. I mean, a hundred percent. I'm Job of the Hutt. <laughs> Who's Chewbacca? <laughs> no, um,
0: I'm also Chewbacca. Uh, no. So, um, so Andy, I mean, yeah, uh, Franklin's been building his his Jedi training up to this point, and it's like it is a a to defeat the Empire you yeah. know to to, to cuz they weren't defeated in 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 2016 they weren't defeated in um you know uh, the the a new 17 hope. and 19 yeah, 22 they were, yeah they
1: and it, it's just this is our year to show that that the the long slow build of the uh of the rebellion if you don't
0: beat them now like you're never going to get that foothold that you need to 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 restore balance to the galaxy we <laughs> <laughs> are nerves oh uh,
1: man we're um, not well, doing
0: star trek analogy no let's
1: we we got to cut it off at star wars we we just yeah well isn't that i don't know I too I'll many start, metaphors ruins one for the uh I'll ruins I'll the Trek effect <laughs> uh, they the klingons gonna,
0: be, oh yeah now we're talking
1: yeah um look let's let's turn to to just actually scouting out this ohio state team okay and i want to Start with some big picture stuff. Uh, we all know Ryan Day is their head coach. Um, I'm not sure the last time we actually looked at Ryan Day too closely. Um, I I didn't remember this. He is a Chip Kelly prodigy. Yeah, he was with Kelly when uh, Kelly was head coach of the Eagles, and then Day followed him to the 49ers in 2015. He was,
0: he was Kelly's quarterback at New Hampshire, by the way.
1: Yeah, so that that relationship goes back. To his long college way. days. He was a two-way player, linebacker and quarterback for Chip Kelly. Um, he was then hired in 2017 by Urban Meyer to be the offensive coordinator of Ohio State. Um, he actually then the following year served as acting head coach for several games in 2018 while Meyer was on suspension, if you remember right, that. Right. And then Meyer re- retired. He left, resigned at the end of the season. And, um uh, I would say somewhat surprisingly, um, Ryan Day inherited the Urban Meyer program uh, in 2018. And, um, you know, since then, um, Ryan Day has had a lot of success. In his first season, 2018, he finished 12-0, and including that win against Penn State. He won the Big Ten, but then lost to Clemson in the first round of the college football playoff. Was not a particularly good game for Ohio State, by the way. No. Then in twenty twenty one, you know, going through the whole conference, eleven and zero, and then lost to Michigan. First time Ohio State lost to Michigan since the year they last lost to Penn State in the Horseshoe, which was a Tom Bradley
0: uh, interim coach team in two thousand eleven when Luke Fickle was the interim coach at Ohio State, and they that was the
1: last time that Ohio State had lost to Michigan. Ryan Day managed to lose to Michigan. Um, it locked them out of the Big Ten championship that year. It effectively locked them out of the college football playoff that year. They ended up beating Utah in the Rose Bowl, which was a 48-45 to 45 classic. And then in 2022, the Death Star got going again. They were riding an, an 11-0 record into the game. Yet again, lost in embarrassing fashion, 45-23. But this time, thanks to USC imploding at the end of the season, Ohio State found their way into the college football playoff, second time under Ryan Day in four years. They played Georgia in the semifinals. They had them on the ropes. They had them beat and then shanked a field goal as time expired. A brutal loss as the New Year's ball dropped in Times Square. I mean, I remember watching that game as the other people in the house were celebrating the ball dropping everybody celebrated Ohio State missing that it was I I was not an Ohio
0: State fan that night by by you know any stretch of the imagination
1: that was just last year bro yeah that was just last year um and now here they are back but but without CJ Stroud who is their you know incredible quarterback extremely efficient very shifty um, he's the one who made their offense go up. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud is now in the NFL. He's, they also you know, lost a bunch of offensive linemen, too. Yes. Um, C.J. Stroud's playing on Sundays these days. There are a lot of uh, those offensive linemen playing on Sundays these days. And yet, it's Ohio State. So, of course, their expectations, playoffs are bust. Yeah. And, um, dude, it just... They, they are undefeated, six and zero, but it has not been nearly a smooth season. They they almost lost to Notre Dame um, early in Should the season. They, they looked like the, the the worst two of the two teams. They were on. the less physical team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: you don't know what Andy and I are laughing about, Andy, please. Well, lighten.
1: Lou Holt said, you know, of course the the you know all time. Notre Dame coach, you know, at least former
0: former ESPN talking head. He's obviously a giant and, and, you know, Notre Dame
1: Homer. Yeah. He basically Um, said, you know, that the knock on Ryan Day is that his teams have been the less physical and um, Ryan Day took issue with that. And then after the game, that's an understatement. He took (laughs) great issue with that. He became Uh, unhinged to the point. To the point of talking about it on the field in the post game and then in the press room post game, mm-hmm. you know, talked about, I might see my team was more physical than Notre Dame. Uh, actually, Ryan, How, no. He's like, they I don't know
0: where Lou Holtz is right now. How dare he? How dare he? He's like, yeah. there's a bunch of tough kids in there. And then there's Lou
1: Holtz team. followed up later that week and said, No, I mean, I think Notre Dame should have won that game, which is, yeah, by the way, the, down, I the opinion of yeah. pretty much everyone. I
0: mean, who listen, that game. Th- the, the, the issue I take. With Brian Day taking that so personally, is that like, what did you think, Alou Holtz, in his advanced age, as a total <laughs> Notre Dame homer, who's there to be a like a, a Notre Dame icon, who's there to be a Notre Dame favorite, like his the job is no longer to be an unbiased, if he ever even was an unbiased sports commentator. He was he was on the Pat McAfee show as a Notre Dame fan, so. Ryan Day took the, the wrong stance well, and tone. Like, it's a, bit but he, a but he was talking to his fan base. He was talking to his sure, his whatever. Base. But
1: it's a bit of a um, it's kind of an interesting pattern with Ryan Day this season. Mm-hmm. He seems a little bit unhinged
0: on the sidelines during the last couple of games. I I mean, he has been losing his mind at times.
1: Y- totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, get it together, man. And it yeah, brings look. back to me there was a quote all the way back in 2021 um, where Harbaugh. Has this quote uh, specifically referring to Ryan Day, quote, he said, sometimes people are standing on third base. They think they hit a triple, but they didn't. (laughs) And talking about how Ryan Day inherited this, you know, Lamborghini of a He inherited
0: program. a Death Star machine. Totally. I, inherited a Death Star like manufacturing device. Totally. Th- like that's what that's what Ohio State is from a recruiting standpoint, from a historical standpoint. I mean, they've got more Heisman Trophy winners, they've got better quarterbacks, they've got better wide receivers, they've and you got know more first round draft picks. they this got, is
1: the first team that Ryan Day has it entirely his recruiting his. class, yep. and you know what? They don't look quite as good as they have in years. So he's past.
0: taking that. He's taking that Jim Harbaugh quote. Like, it, hopefully, he's taking it personally, and he's feeling the pressure. He's feeling the pressure. I mean, coming off that 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 Georgia loss and losing Michigan twice, twice, two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the fan base is clamoring for for Ryan Day to get right even though his his regular season, you know, um uh, record is impeccable, one of the best ever. Literally ever. It's it goes up stands with some of the
1: like some of the best ever to start their career. But they have such a high standard over there. By the way, I want to I want to correct that quote. It's not that that um, they're standing on third, thinks he hit a triple. It's born born on, on third. third,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> born on third base, thinking he has a triple, which is very incredible. <laughs> An incredible. Listen, that's it's extremely that's insulting. Jim actually, <laughs> best quote of all time. Uh, thank heavens it's not about Jim or J- James Franklin or Penn State or anything like that.
1: Uh, anyway, so yeah. so Ryan Day's I think feeling the pressure. This is going to be a pressure-packed game for them even though it is in the horseshoe. Penn State, we've said it before um earlier this season. Th- the last time Penn State won in the horseshoe was 2011 that Tom Bradley coached team after Joe Paterno was let go. It was a, you know, not a great Ohio State team that year. Mm-hmm. And um no, this year Ohio State is they're a top 3 team. They're number 3 in the country and they've got everything to lose. Penn State number 7 in the country. Obviously, we have a lot to lose, but certainly a lot to gain, and um, it's not you know going to be easy. Even, you even as what, much as we're saying, there, you know, Ohio State is not firing all, on all cylinders in the way that we have in the past. They're maybe not the death. Some parts of the Death Star maybe are, uh, you know, under repairs at the moment. But they still have an extremely talented team, and yeah. they have a very, you know, formidable program that Penn State's going to have to play well just to. Um, just to have a chance to win in this game,
0: I've kind I'd of like been saying all year, Andy, that like, that like, and even in the off season, we we were thinking, and even dating back to the spring, we were just thinking, like, is this the time for a Penn State program, a James Franklin led program, to make a move on the national? Scale the national stage with you know Georgia not being as nearly as dominant as they were last year. You know, uh, um, you know USC is losing. Michigan, you know, like are they? Are they you know kind of gettable now that they're coming to Penn State? Is Ohio State breaking in a new quarterback? Are they gettable? Some other teams, Alabama's not looking like the the juggernaut that they are. Like like it, it just seems. To me, like it really is lining up for James Franklin to make a move on the national stage. And like this is the biggest game of the week. It is probably the biggest game of the year up to now in the whole of college football. College Game Day, even though it's a Fox broadcast, College Game Day is going to be there. It, uh, the entire college football world will be descending upon the horseshoe. And some of the National Football League will be descending upon the Horseshoe to watch this game and to see if James Franklin's team, that looks dominant in every facet uh, statistically imaginable, can they actually do it when Ohio State seems gettable? Because quite frankly, Andy, you know this Ohio State team—it's Kyle McCord who's you know he's throwing for a lot of yards, uh, you know certainly more than Drew uh, Drew Aller. Um, You know, and he's got some better weapons. They're banged up, and one thing that this they have they are potentially down their top three running backs, Um, and and one thing that Kyle McCord isn't is a like he is not a surgical. Quarterback like C.J. Stroud was. He's not a mobile quarterback like uh, Justin Fields was or a J.T. Barrett was uh, in in terms of the Ohio State teams
1: that have beaten James Franklin. Even, Led Penn State. Even C.J. St. Stroud, teams. he 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 manipulated the pocket extremely sure, well. Absolutely he was, agree. He was slippery, even though he wasn't necessarily running. And, and this is an offensive
0: of line that that isn't you know like fi- seems to be fi- They don't seem to be firing the way that they were last year, even with a couple of um, transfers that they've were, got two. New
1: offensive tackles
0: right and um, what do we have we have elite defensive ends yeah so you know
1: well look i don't want to i don't want to i agree with you on all those things yeah i mean in many ways it feels like ohio state is a fruit that is ripe for the picking yeah to change our metaphor from the death star but let, we, i think we you know no doubt james franklin is going to take this team seriously and and we ought to as well let's let's take A a few minutes to break down their offense and their defense to kind of, you know, if you're not aware of what this team is bringing to the table, um, Ohio State that is. Mm -hmm. um, Let's just familiarize folks with, you know, what we're going to see on Saturday in terms of uh, key players and and some of their top performers. So, bro, why don't you take us through some of those things?
0: Well, uh, let's I kind of before I go through their top performers, I want to talk about their injuries. To be yeah, honest go ahead. with you, <laughs> so um, you know Travion Henderson, who's their you know their their lead back from a, who they want to be their number one running back. He's dinged up. He was he was supposed to be healthy. Uh, he was in pregame warmups um, for the for the game against um, uh, Indiana. That's who they played, right? Purdue. Yeah. Purdue. Sorry, I keep getting the Michigan, and Ohio State game mixed up in my brain. Um, he went through warmups in the Purdue game, but then didn't come out with his pads on for the actual game. Um he's you know listed as questionable, I think, in, in most people's minds. And we're gonna be keeping an eye on that. Um and then there the backup, Mayan Williams, he didn't even travel to the game. Um so was he gonna be able to go during the game? And then third stringer um uh trainum number 19, he got injured
1: during the game. And by the and, way, he's the one that scored the game winner against Notre Dame. Right.
0: Yeah, number nineteen. Train him against Notre Dame. That was the yeah the, the walk off. And was so, like, yeah. I
1: mean, no word on how bad that injury is, but he didn't return once he went down.
0: Yeah, and, and so they they've got now this this four four star fourth string uh, D- Dalen I believe was his name, Dalen or Dallin Hayden. Um, he in that game these were his only rushing stats on the year were came in in the game against Purdue. Eleven carries for seventy six yards, six point nine yards per carry, and a touchdown down. now he did look dynamic he did look explosive but he's a five foot 10 like 200 pound back that that is seems to be less of a bruiser and more of a you know you know shifty kind of kind of guy so uh if he's if he's the guy that's going against Penn State and again to be determined this is this is Monday for us at this juncture still. Um, He, you know, he has proven it in the past uh, that he actually can run the dang ball because last year in 2022, he had 111 carries for 555 yards at 5 yards per carry and 5 touchdowns. He had three 100-yard games last year. Uh, they were against Toledo, Indiana, Maryland, and his best game of his career w- was that Maryland game where he had 27 carries for 146 yards, 5.4 yards per carry, 3 look, touchdowns look, and a long right 18 there, yards. I'm going to so, stop you right there. So they still have talent. I'm going to stop you right position, there. You know, hold on.
1: Look, I'm not sure why we're talking about the running backs. They're not only are they banged up. Ohio State has a 92nd ranked rushing offense in the country. That's a great point, Andy. They only they they're only managing 135 yards per game on average. They're only averaging 4.26 yards per carry. OK, hmm. um, compare that to Penn State, where the 15th ranked rushing team in the hey, country whoa, whoa. before you get into our rushing. Attack, I'm not. I'm just saying to compare. Yeah, I'm just, sure. Like, but for hold me, on, Ohio hold, State. Hold, hold on. For me, Ohio State's running game is not the thing that we should be worried about. Although, you know, of course, we've seen ourselves have lapses in the past, particularly thinking to Michigan last year. To me, it's their it's their passing offense that we need to worry about. And there's one guy in particular on their offense. It's not their quarterback, by the way, who is the game changer. In fact, he's the guy that can really put the game on his back. And that's their standout. I mean, he would, by Joel and Gust talked about as the best wide receiver in the country. And I think you could make a case for it. Marvin Harrison, Jr. But he's yeah, I mean, he's the guy when the offense is on the field that you, you got to say, Where is that dude and is he being covered properly by our, I mean, we've got an outstanding secondary, but he's the guy that can change the game. He's the guy that can break the game open. He's the guy that can, you know, win the game for Ohio state.
0: Yeah, sure, Andy. Marvin Harrison had a 100-yard day with a touchdown with a long of 34 and averaged 17.5 yards per, per catch. He's a stud. He did ding himself up a little bit in the game, left for a little bit, and did actually end up returning. So we'll see if that plays a role at all. But, Andy, you know, these these yards that we're talking about, that are that, this, this weapon of, of Marvin Harrison, um, you know, he, he's done it against secondaries like, uh, Youngstown State and Western Kentucky and Maryland and Purdue. He had over 100 yards in all those games, but against Notre Dame, he had three catches for 32 yards. All right. Interesting. Yeah. The long of 19. Okay, wow. so and 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 I don't know what Notre Dame's uh, secondary ranking is, but you very already outlined good. it in our last. They are very good. You said, yeah. So you already outlined in in the, the last episode how gosh darn good our secondary is. You know, uh, do you want to re-highlight any of those? Or I mean, basically number one in almost every category, <laughs> literally, or second if it was. There's one category, one major statistical category that we're second
1: in with our secondary and not first. So yep. again, have we faced a passing offense. That's a fair point. You know, and and we have given up a couple of long passes. You know, I'm I'm thinking about that Illinois game, for example. But, you know, look, this quarterback, Kyle McCord, it's similar to Drew Aller. It's his first year starting. Um, I think he's been in the system at Ohio State for maybe one additional year compared to Drew Aller. But um, he's serviceable. You know, he's got 1,600 passing yards. He's got 11 touchdowns. Only thrown one interception, 64% completion percentage. But like you said, uh, compared to former Ohio State quarterbacks, he's not nearly as dynamic. And it's really interesting that, like, the best player on Ohio State's team is not their quarterback this year. That's a change, I think, from Ohio State offenses of the past. And um, he's also taken seven sacks on the year. I, I think. I think there's a chance to potentially rattle this guy. Um you mentioned that Notre Dame game against um you know Ohio State's offense had some trouble in that game. Uh the other huge wide receiver for Ohio State is Amika Abuka. By the way, he has been dinged up. He did not play against Purdue this past week. Um, but even if he does play, um, Amika Abuka uh, had seven receptions for 96 yards in that Notre Dame game. So he was the top targeted receiver right. in that Notre when Dame game. When they locked game. down, yeah. You know, so they locked down uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and then opened things up for Amika Abuka. I think the question is, can we lock them both down? Um, and, um, you know, can we harass Kyle McCord to the point where he can't get anything going? I, I think it's really important to note the reason that Ohio state won that Notre Dame game has a lot to do with that last drive. And Kyle McCord was, uh, surgical on that last drive. He did not have a great day, um, throughout the whole game, but in that last drive, he made clutch throws, including a, a, a huge throw as time was expiring to get down to the one yard line that set up their, uh, go ahead, touchdown run. So, um, I, if Kyle McCord can do some damage, and um, we're gonna have to be on our best game. And and similar to other games that we have played against Ohio State, we have to play. We we can't let let the, our guard down in the last you know five or ten minutes because we're we're nursing a lead. We're gonna have to defensively play to the finish.
0: Okay, so so for for from where I stand here, Andy, you know. Obviously, our secondary elite hasn't been tested. We've got some really good players back there: um, Johnny Dixon, da- DaQuan Hardy, obviously Kalen King. This is going to be Kalen King's um, day to prove that he's a first-round draft pick. Absolutely, because you know? I think Marvin Harrison Jr. has already like
1: asserted himself as possibly a top five, if not. You no, know, last s- year Joey Porter Jr. locked down Marvin Harrison Jr. until the last five minutes of the game right, or so. Right,
0: right. So, you know, it's all going to be about, it, it, can Emeka, abuka Ibuka uh, play in the game? I mean, that's something we're going to be watching. Because um, if he can, that changes the dynamic for the secondary big time. Because you, how are you going to account for both of them and... Elite, in my opinion, tight end Cade Stover. Yeah, absolutely. You know this guy is a is a touchdown machine. He's a catch machine. He had two catches against, or excuse me, two touchdown catches against Purdue. He had fifty three yards receiving on four catches. This is a guy that let Penn State in some of our biggest games over the last several years has had. Um, Tight ends burn us towards the end of the game. Majorly, namely, namely, 2017, 2018, Ohio State. I forget the name of the tight end that did it, but he burned us. And then Michigan at home in 2021, uh, Eric All burned us for the go-ahead game winner. So, is this defense going to be capable of of stopping their their passing attack? Um, and it's truly going to be a, a lot on, on the, the shoulders of the defensive line to get after. Um, Those tackles and and get after, uh, um, excuse me, Kyle McCord. But Andy, we also have to be wary of, of, in my opinion, we, we, Penn State, have our own second string running back, or excuse me, second string quarterback who likes to run the ball. And obviously, all his come in mop up duty. But Ohio State has Devin Brown that they threw in while the game was still, quote unquote, in question. Um, Devin Brown runs the ball for them, and especially towards like scoring situations, they like to bring him in. Um, so that's something I think we'll have to be watching for. And and I, it's a little wrinkle that Penn State hasn't shown yet. It's been talked about in the offseason. Are we ever going to use Bo
1: Perbula in that same way? Well, Ohio State's kind of showing that already. Well, um, um, I can appreciate why they're doing that because, you know, Ohio State ex- has yes. a red zone offense that is only 76th nationally.
0: Okay, you know? well, that, that, ba- that pairs up pretty well with our – a uh, little defensive statistic anomaly that we haven't talked about this season, and no one's mentioning Penn State's red zone defense is like dead last in the country. <laughs> now, they've only had seven attempts they've had to deal with, but they've allowed scores on every attempt inside the red zone. They're, yep. they're, they're, Swinging and a miss, right
1: there. You know, five, five touchdowns and and two, two field goals. Field goals allowed. Now yeah. again, only seven attempts against them is, right. is a very small sample right, size. Right, right. And um, how many of those were, you know, you know, the subs in on the defense at that point. But yeah, I mean, um, it'll be likely that Penn State will have to have some red zone stands uh, to win this game. And and whether or not we can do that, I think will be an interesting, an interesting question. Um, let's. Flip to the other side of the ball because, um, you know, Ohio State has been known in the past for their offense. And at least in the last few years, their defense hasn't been great. But that script is kind of flipped this year. While their offense isn't really humming, their defense is actually one of the, the best in the country, at least statistically right now. And we've talked about all season just how good Penn State's defense has been nationally, but Ohio State, in a lot of those same categories, is actually right behind Penn State oh, nationally.
0: We are we are like neck and neck with it's it's like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and in, in varying degrees of order. Uh, typically, Penn State's coming in first or second, and most of these categories. Um, but here's the interesting thing here, Andy. Um, this is the number one and number two. Defenses when it comes to yards per play allowed. Penn State being number one, Ohio State being number two. And and like so, this is like you know when it comes to like uh, the you know looking at the big picture of of these two teams, and I'll get more into this defense for sure. But like this, it feels like a clash of titans when it comes to like what are strengths and what are weaknesses of of this of these teams. It just feels like it's going to be strength on strength. It could and, be a real defensive battle.
1: I think it very well could be. And we go back to that Notre Dame game for for a second. You know, um, you know that game was played. Played, you know, at Notre Dame, but it was a fourteen to seventeen final score. Do you do you remember what the halftime score was? No, three not nothing. Fan. What the no. halftime score of the Ohio State Notre Dame game this year was three nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, both and, and, teams and, and, scored
1: and, two touchdowns in the and second I think, half.
0: I think you know we were doing some talking when we were preparing for this episode. Like maybe our offense is similarly corollary to. To Notre Dame's. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, not a, saying like a run, exactly, heavy
1: but our ball control offense. And, um, w- you know, I think the question, I mean, look, Penn state has faced one other really good defense this year in Iowa. And we put up 31 points. Now, granted that was a whiteout. That was, you know, at Beaver stadium, but I think Ohio State runs a different kind of defense, and um, it, it could be a real—this might be the most difficult defense we'll face until we get to, to Michigan. For It'll sure. It'll be a real interesting test to see how our power run, ball control, pass efficient I would, kind it, of—
0: Are methodical, it's a very methodical yeah. offense that doesn't yes. go backwards.
1: We don't go right. backwards. It'll be interesting to see, can we stay on schedule against Ohio State? Can we grind it out? Can we hold on to the ball? Can we avoid three and outs? Can we get long drives going? Can we sustain long drives? Or you know, is Ohio State's uh, highly talented defense going to be able to do things that Andy. previous teams haven't been able to do Andy, against Andy, us? Andy,
0: Andy, Andy. What? Tell so, Tom. So this, mich- or excuse me, this Ohio State defense, they rank 104th in sacks per game Okay, guess where Penn State? Guess where Penn State lands? Yeah, we've talked about it first.
1: All right, first. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So they only have ten for their whole season. Meanwhile, in sacks allowed, our offensive line is fourth. Yeah, with Oregon and Washington, four allowed. That's first in the Power Five.
0: Yeah, and tackles for loss, um, Ohio State is 15th, allowing four per game, whereas Penn State is allowing seven. Or, excuse me, they are ranked seventh, allowing um, 3.6. So, I think, you know, they have not faced a defensive front, front seven, or even, you know, dude, Cam Smith, our cornerback, had two sacks against U- UMass. We, we blitz cornerbacks and defensive backs, uh, you know, they, we— Manny Diaz is going to bring them from all directions. I don't know if if this Ohio State team is prepared for what Manny Diaz is going to throw at them from an explosive, chaotic, um, you know, confusing you know, type of uh, defense. I don't think there's a defense out there that exists that they played like ours. I don't even think Notre Dame was doing too much of it.
1: Well, you know, let's just keep the focus on, on, the, on the other side of the ball, sure, though, for sure. the moment and and just, you know, what Penn State's offense is going to face against their defense. And I yeah. think the question is, can we keep that ball control methodical, you know, uh, low limiting turnovers, no turnovers, you know, can we stick, keep possession going? Or, you know, are we going to allow their defense? Is their defense going to be able to, to, you know, get us off the field and uh, challenge our, our defense to be on the field more often than we have? I, I think it'll be interesting. Their defense is really built around uh, some, some really highly talented players. Um, and so, Tom, why don't you take us through some of those key players that we're going to see?
0: Yeah, I mean, Jim Knowles is now in his second year, uh, he, he's he's put together a pretty good unit, uh, at least you know through the first half of the season. Um, really, what like, you know, they have a, a splash player up front, which Penn State remembers from last year. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. JTT, number 44, that you know intercepted. Uh, Clifford at least twice and and had, I think, a strip sack another time and had at least a touchdown. Um, he was a human wrecking ball. He made his entire season in that one game last year. He's back. He's their sack leader again so far this... Uh, well, he, he's their sack leader so far this season um, with three solo. Um, he has three sacks... 1.5 against Purdue, 1.5 against Maryland. He only has 19 tackles on the season, only 8 solo, and, and his best uh, game of the season came against Notre Dame from a tackle standpoint. He had 6 uh, six tackles against Notre Dame. Moving forward, it, it's really kind of, to me, it's like, well, that guy's their splash player, their middle linebacker, Tommy Eichenberg. Last team, first, he was last year, first team All-Big Ten. Um, he had 120 tackles last year. So far, he has 30 solo tackles this year on 46 total. Um, He had 13 tackles against Maryland, and he also adds on the season a sack and a forced fumble. He is the undisputed leader of that defense. He's going to be called upon to make plays all over the field, especially in our ball control. We play small ball by and large. If that's the kind of ball we're going to be playing against against Ohio State, he's going to be in on lots of plays, lots of tackles. He's going to make his presence felt for sure. Um, But one... Interesting um development that we need to keep our eyes on as this week uh, unfolds and progresses, Andy, is their their arguably um their most promising player on defense has been Denzel Burke. Um he is fifth in the country with seven passes defended on the season. That's best in the Big Ten. He has an interception and a forced fumble and eight total tackles on the season. He got dinged up, uh, and the severity of that uh, ding against Purdue is unknown at this juncture, but he left the game in the third quarter, went right to the medical uh, tent, and then went to the locker room and wasn't seen again for the rest of the game. So without Denzel Burke and uh, their defensive secondary, uh, and as we are getting... you know. Harrison Wallace back off injury, and he made his presence known. Our you know passing attack could see some windows, and and with our tight end room doing what they're doing, we could see some uh, you know some holes opening up, and without having a, a big time playmaker back there, it, it's it's just worth it's something worth watching because um, you know if we were without Kalen King, it would certainly change the dynamic of our defensive secondary without without a question.
1: Yeah, and you know I. I've been trying to catch as many of the Ohio State games as I can this year, just, you know, to to get a sense of what we're going to face. One of the things that um, I picked up, and and I think this is one of the um, commentary crews that mentioned it, but, um, you know, last year... Ohio State was known for giving up the long play. You know they were playing a lot more press man coverage, and um, you know they gave up a lot of long plays. Too many in terms of what they you know felt like was was appropriate for uh, a national championship defense, and so. They're playing softer coverage, and they specifically made note of that um, against the, uh, the the Maryland game. Uh, they're playing softer coverage intentionally, like having a deeper shell, allowing for some of those underneath passes, and then um, limiting the big plays. And you know what? And interestingly enough, Penn State is very satisfied to let another team give them a nice little shell and take the quote unquote dink and dunk. So I, I do wonder whether Penn State. You know, in spite of some of these highly talented players, and we face some talented players on both the line and in the linebacker um, on, on other defenses. I, I do wonder, maybe we will just have, you know, again not a, not a splash day, but uh, just another solid day, solid enough to put up the points that we're going to need to beat Ohio State. I think we've, I think we've got a good chance to do that.
0: Yeah, I do too. And you know, if. You know, Denzel Burke is out. You know, a guy like Drew Aller who surveys the field well and who has sure-handed receivers in Keandre Lambert, Smith, and Harrison Wallace, and sure-handed tight ends in Tyler Warren and um, I mean, even you know Theo Johnson and Khalil Dinkins. Like I, I just I think that Drew Aller has the the football IQ and the arm talent. To and we have the offensive line to keep him upright. It's we, we're giving up uh, what in terms of sacks allowed. We're we're tied with Oregon and Washington with only four allowed in the season. That's that's tied for first and Power Five. Like we're right. go, and 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 you know Ohio State's defense from a uh, team sacks perspective is a hundred and fourth. So and and eighty second in tackles for losses. So you know it, this could feel like the type of game. Andy from Drew Aller uh, potentially having the time he needs to pick, to dink and dunk and pick apart and wait for that perfect shot over the middle or down the sidelines for, for one play where, you know, somebody in the secondary has a lapse and, you know, you just get someone streaking down, you know, somewhere in, in the backfield, the secondary. I just, there, there's there is a path for the strengths of our team to go against some of the Not weaknesses necessarily, but deficiencies—we'll call them—of this Ohio State defense, Um, and of course, when you pair that with, like you know, we are saying week in and week out, one of the best defenses in the country, if not the best defense in the country statistically up to this point. um, You know, I think that there's there's room for a a strong, strong Penn State showing, certainly a high, highly competitive Penn State showing, um, and it's the kind of game that you know, can really catapult a team into the next echelon of, yeah, I mean, of, of expectations and, and
1: one and, of these and, p- two teams one of these two teams has an opportunity to use this game to catapult them into, you know, let's put big it this way. Ten championship college football playoff contention.
0: Let's put it this way. This offense is certainly looking for a breakout performance. The whole the offense on a whole is looking for, you know, that like that run or that catch or that performance that the just explosive play right <laughs> well i just looking for the the, the kind of like a, an individual like per, we have played at the team game great this year Without any significant standouts, you know, save for uh, Drew Aller and Ke'Andre Lambert Smith in the first game, and and albeit against a, a secondary that was not very good uh, from last year in West Virginia's, but you know, since then we are waiting for that, for that just that piece of the puzzle, and and like I'm not saying that we need it to win the game, but but we're st- we're looking for it, and 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 I think this team can win without it, but it certainly will go a long way if they can find it in this game.
1: I mean, this to me, dude, is it's our opportunity. Um, and, and truthfully, I think if Penn State's offense simply does what we have done every other game this season, that Which is isn't, a win the turnover
0: battle, by the way.
1: Truthfully, I mean,
0: <laughs> Uh, you Especially know, I think, in a rainy, it's going to be rainy at the at the game. I don't possibly. think so.
1: I don't think so. The the weather uh, looks possibly. Pretty good. I said possibly. There, there's like a twenty. The point is, the 30% we played two rainy, rain ga-
0: rain games already, so we have experience in them, and I don't think Ohio State has. So if it does end up being rainy, you know,
1: I, I, I think, think we, we have a chance to run our offense. The weather is supposed to be 57 yeah. degrees, partly sunny. I think chance we can run rain. it
0: even with the rain. We've shown in two rain games already that we can.
1: What I'm trying to say is, if we simply do what we've done up to this point in the season, hold on to the ball. You say simply. <laughs> I mean, we've I get done it, it six so. games get- and people are, are clamoring for more. If we, But if we just do what we have been able to do all season, hold on to the ball, run the ball, throw the ball effectively underneath, not turn the ball over, get into the end zone efficiently. Like that is enough because our defense is literally, it's that good. And I do think that this Ohio State offense has enough weaknesses in it that we can exploit it. We have a chance Absolutely. for sacks, for strip sacks, for interceptions. I think, honestly, Fumble I think recovery. our strategy needs to be to harass and, and we've done it to quarterbacks all season harass and harry Kyle McCord into, you know, To the point where he doesn't want to play anymore. He's made so many mistakes he's taken out of the game.
0: You mean like the way... Um, Notre Dame did to Caleb Williams? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, the truth truly and 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 Kyle McCord is not nearly as good a quarterback as Caleb no, Williams and definitely he's not, not as mobile as Caleb doesn't Williams. Doesn't have
0: nearly as many weapons either. I mean, I mean I'm not saying he doesn't have them, but but you know, USC was high flying. They were firing on offense and going into they just went into a defensive buzzsaw in in, in Notre Dame.
1: And again, the, the last extremely good defense that Ohio State played, uh, that was at Notre Dame, that same Notre Dame team. And they only managed three points in the first half and two touchdowns in the second half. You know, Kyle McCord managed not to turn the ball over in that game. And, and, and statistically speaking, we are a better defense than... Notre Dame. I, so I, I just, and, and you know, we're one of the top sack causing teams in the country. If not, are we number one in sacks? Yes. I, I we, are we, one are. Sacks. Yeah. we are number one in tackles for loss. So, you know, we've got a ferocious front seven. We are, I, I, I think we can, I, I, truthfully, sorry, I we are, fi- we are fifth in tackles for loss. And I think we're first in tackles for loss per game. I, I just, I, I feel the strength of our defense and this, and the uh, consistency of our offense. We, we, i we're coming into this game i think as the better team across the board better team i, and, I think and if I we think play we have our players game, better players uh, uh you know a better functioning team i think we top to bottom we can match up with ohio state if we simply play our game we don't let the moment get too big for us i think we We have a chance of coming away, like we said at the very top, with a solid victory.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we're. I think we're where it's gonna. You know the 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 devil's in the details in a game that's gonna be like head to head like this, and I think some of these details are gonna be on special teams. Um, I think it's gonna play a critical role
1: in this game. Um, Nice to have DaQuan Hardy as a yeah
0: absolutely and it's going to be nice to have alex falcons who's who's looked really good i mean he's only he's 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 seven of nine in the year but you know he, his only like egregious miss was a 50 plus yarder and you know and, and and their kicker is also you know 100 of the season he has missed i think one extra point but alex falcons has not missed any
1: extra points this year um yeah, but, but even, I, mean, I think special teams I think turnovers I think return yards yep, yep. those might be difference makers in this game I mean
0: yeah pe- yeah penalties are going to be important I think Penn State has kind of been kicking themselves on some untimely penalties this year yeah, obviously we need they have not a clean hurt, game uh, they ha- that hasn't hurt us in the long run in these games because we've been Blowing people out. Um, and speaking of blowing people out, Andy, you, our ter- our our point differential, our average scoring margin is second in the country right now at thirty two point four. Ohio State fourth in the country at twenty six. Um, I mean, that's a clash of titans, man. It really is. You know. Now I and- don't think I. You know I I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I I do think that Penn State has the ability. To put you know put their foot on a throw in in, in the context of this game. I you know, I, I'm not saying we're gonna win by twenty plus points or anything like that, but I think it's possible we could see a Penn State victory
1: by ten or more.
0: That's just well, how I feel about what you're we're working are starting to get into, right into that
1: moment of of predictions of what we're actually gonna see, and that means it's time to bring in Joel Bettner, because we're gonna go by the numbers.
2: By the numbers.
0: Nerdiver, buy the numbers. Not a number. Not a number. buy the numbers.
1: Joel, it is Ohio <laughs> State week. Oh, it's Ohio State week. Are you ready, man?
2: I, 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 I'd lie. I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't nervous.
1: Yeah, Joel, <laughs> so you're nervous. Every, ready? week. You're <laughs>
0: nervous every, <laughs> every week.
2: <laughs> I'm always ready. I'm but always this is
0: ready. A, this is a worthy game to be nervous about. P.S. PTSD. It is a
2: thing. Oh, so I mean I think maybe the worst PS PTSD was I was traveling and I was in uh I was in Italy for the twenty eighteen game. Up in the middle of the night watching it, and I was like, oh, we've got this in the bag, ten point lead, fourth quarter, finally we're gonna No. Um and that brings me to how I've kind of structured our our for the numbers for this week. This te- this year, this team has never really gotten punched in the mouth. We haven't mm-hmm. We haven't gotten punched in the mouth, so we don't, like, these guys don't really know what it's like to, to get punched in the mouth and come back, right? Totally. And Notre Dame, excuse me, Ohio State
0: has at least that experience under their belt yeah. on so, the road, too.
2: Uh, the last time we beat Ohio State in 2016, at one point that game was 21-7, to 7, yeah. Ohio State. Yes. yes. And we, we mounted a comeback to, to, to win that game. Um, so we had guys on that team like Anthony Zettel. Who is just yeah. like, he, he would just be full motor all the time, no matter what. Doesn't matter yeah. if they're down, up, whatever. He's not going to let that get to him mentally. And I'm hoping our, our squad can handle that because, as we've seen in the past two games, our first quarter has been slow. And we've had two turnovers in the first quarter of the past two games. So that's bringing me to our, our questions. Well, I guess before we get to that, should we recap last week?
0: Oh yeah. yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to oh. know how, how amazing I was. <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> so
0: I, by the way, I I, I, I you know Admittedly, I was a little bit fuddled at one point in this uh, by the numbers segment last week where I I contradicted my own self. (laughs) You were hedging. I was, I don't, I didn't, well, unintentionally, I I just, I I, I took each one like in in a little snapshot by themselves and didn't think about the big picture here. So I I unintentionally hedged and and I think it worked out on one and not the other. When you're explaining you're losing. Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm, (laughs) To quote our father. Perhaps the most surprising stat of the day. When I asked you, what will Penn State's time of possession be? And we actually, even though we destroyed them, we scored quickly and we lost the time of possession battle. We only had 27 minutes of possession. And that puts Andy, who guessed 39 minutes and 58 seconds Uh, as the winner compared to Tom's 39 minutes and 59 seconds. This is rigged. (laughs) $1 Bob did not work out for you. No, it didn't. All right. Then another question I asked you is how many yards will be the longest rush for a Penn State running back? Andy went with 53. Tom went with 52. And as you mentioned before, it was Tank Smith with 39. So Tom. With the point where (laughs) he nodded up at 1-1 here.
0: Amazing.
2: Then I asked, will we cover the 42.5-point spread? Andy said yes. Tom said no. I don't know why. I don't
0: know why (laughs) I did did. that. I should have said yes. We did by a long shot. I could have said yes. You're allowed to say yes. You're allowed to have the same exact answer. (laughs) I blew it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Totally. Then I asked, will Aller pass for more than 300 yards? This this was, again, another one of those statistical anomalies uh, where four touchdowns 162 yards for Aller. That's it. That's a. I mean, I'll take four touchdowns, no, no turnovers. But Andy yeah. got it with 241. Andy guessed four touchdowns. Tom, you guessed 242. Again, Andy. Won. All
0: right, fair enough. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> and So
2: I was trying to. Tom, I was trying you are was getting on a technicality crushed this week because I asked how many turnovers will the Penn State defense get? There was only one. Andy mm-hmm. guessed three. Tom guessed four. So uh, yeah, uh, Andy. Dominating. Do you know the only? Do you know the only nu- by
0: the numbers that I care about? <laughs> the final score prediction. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's I the like only one you're, I care. I about. like how you're undercutting this entire segment yeah. <laughs> because you're. Losing. I'm a
0: loser. I'm a loser. <laughs> so Andy, Wait, that, uh, that five four and weeks. one
1: or four and one? Four and one. Yeah, right. we missed a week. Yeah. So now oh, awesome. there's
0: a whole second half to the season, you jerks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going
2: to have to go on quite a run, bro. Oh, this I'm could be to. your week. This could be your week, Tom. It's going
0: to be. It's going to be. Starting so, today. Starting right now.
2: As <laughs> I mentioned, I'm wondering how this team can like respond to getting punched in the mouth and how they'll... Because that first quarter is going to... I think it'll define a lot about the game. Um, So, I believe Tom is guessing first this week or answering first I'll this week. I'll take it. Yeah, Three Tom's points. points. <laughs> how many... How many first quarter points will Penn State score? Will we keep I read, that, I read. that alive? I, will we keep that streak I, yes, alive? Yes,
0: we will. We will score a field goal in the first, at least a field goal. I'll say three.
2: Three, Andy. You go going to go two four. safeties and say four?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think. I think we'll score a first quarter touchdown. Actually, I think we're going to come out. Oh, Andy was wrong super. But particular. I'm going. I'm going one dollar Bob on the four. <laughs> yeah. super easy. Well, All if right. I said
0: seven, you could just go one, and that would be like psh, jackpot. All right, <laughs> By so, the way, if it's zero, I win, but Penn State loses.
2: That's true. True. Um, how many first quarter points will Ohio State score? Hmm. Mm, Andy, you're answering this one first. I'm also gonna say four.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Well, so to clarify on the rules, it's who's ever's closest to the point to that. To that answer, correct? Correct. So I have no reason to go zero if I think it's going to be less than four. I would just go
2: three. Correct.
0: <laughs> three it is.
2: Three. <laughs> All right. I baited you into that. because
0: Sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How many first quarter turnovers will Penn State commit? We've had two first quarter t- oh. turnovers in the, the last two games.
0: So I am going to say uh, none.
2: Thomas and we're going to good ball. I'm also going to say zero. All righty. And I did make this one a little longer because this is Ohio state week. This is a, yeah, this is the biggest. I mean, this, this is the game. I care the most on this this season. It hinges on this, the hinges on this game for sure. Uh, So will a wide receiver have the most receiving yards on the team or like the past several weeks, will it be a tight end or a running back? That's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm going
1: with yes. Our receivers will have a good day.
0: I agree. Should we have the tiebreaker be which wide receiver has the worry. most?
2: Don't you worry. I've uh, got tiebreakers set up.
0: Okay. I am worried.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which team will have more rushing yards?
0: Penn Ohio State. State.
2: Or Penn State?
0: Bo Pribula.
1: No, uh, Penn State. Yeah. I'm going to say the same.
2: All right. Oh. And then
1: here's here's the Trey question. Potts we- will have more rushing yards than all of Ohio State combined.
0: <laughs> that would be incredible, and I'll definitely take that.
2: He, uh,
0: our third string had more rushing yards than their fourth string. I'll take it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which team will have more penalty yards? Mm. We've, we've been struggling a bit with the penalties. They've been coming at yeah. some bad times, and this is where our uh, – this is where our tiebreaker is going to lie. You're going to guess how many penalty yards okay. Penn State. Well, will have. I'm just going to, for
0: for context to the listener and for Andy and Joel, I'm just going to outline to you where Penn State and Ohio State lie statistically on the season. Oh, so, let's hear it. So so far this season. Ohio State ranks six ranks 69th in the country, 40 penalties uh, total for 313 yards total. That's 6.67 penalties per game and 52.2 yards per game they've been penalized. Penn State, by the way, now is 31st in the country um, with only 31 penalties, only 200, 280 yards. That's 5.1 per game and 46.6 yards per game on average.
1: So who's answering this one first? I think Penn State is gonna play a clean game um, I think Ohio State is gonna feel desperate I think they're gonna play s- slightly unhinged even though I think do I do think Penn State might have a couple of procedure penalties because it's an away game and and trying to you know manage the snap count and things like that I really do think that
2: um, Ohio State will have more penalty yards okay and how many penalty yards will there be for Penn State that's our tiebreaker
1: I'm going to say 23. No, uh, he said number of penalties, not yards. No, no, I said
0: yards. Oh, you did my, I don't even listen to you guys. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that explains a lot. Um, explains a lot. I'm on a different podcast right now. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe it's worked out so well this far. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're on two podcasts yeah, currently. Yeah. That's I'm amazing. doubling up. Yeah. Two, two birds, one stone. The other one's an outdoor industry podcast. It's, strange. Uh, Anyway, so um, I'm going to say that actually the home team gets the benefit of the doubt, even though it looks like you know Penn State's playing a clean game. I think they're going to get some ticky-tacky calls against them. I think Penn State will commit more penalties than Ohio State, but I don't think by much. And I I think uh, we will have, um, I'm just going to say 24 yards because I have to do the $1 above Bob.
2: All right. I've got you locked in for those answers. And now... The, uh, the coup de gras. Let's hear those game predictions.
0: Mm, dang it. I haven't even thought of this once yet. I, yeah, I honestly haven't.
2: And, <laughs> Tom. And, um, hey, Tim. <laughs> I believe uh, um, you are up, sir. All right. So
0: um, okay. What I'm thinking is this is going to be a lower scoring affair. I think, gentlemen, I think we could win by 10 points or more. I do. I um, but I don't think we will, and I think we'll win by more than a touchdown. I think the, the score is going to be. Ooh, um, this is tough. Twenty-four to fifteen. No.
2: All right. Twenty-four to eighteen.
0: Twenty-four to eighteen. <laughs> yeah. No, that. Twenty-four to fifteen. I'm sticking with it. Twenty-four to fifteen. My final answer.
2: All right, a 9 point victory for the good guys. Hmm. Um
1: Yeah, this is a tough one. Um I'm going 38-21
2: Penn State. Ooh. I I well, I would be I would be so happy if you're right, Andy. I I, I, I hope- hope- I'm I'm I'm
1: feeling I I'm feeling the vulnerability of Ohio State's offense and I think our offense is going to is going to be able to, to be pro- as productive as we have been against teams like Iowa and uh, West Virginia.
2: All right. Four to 15.
1: Five, <laughs> <I
0: don't>, five, <laughs> five field goals for Ohio State.
1: I, I would love it <laughs> if, if we... <laughs> that would be incredible, actually. I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tiebreaker. How, yeah.
2: how many field goals will Ohio State have? <laughs> well, I think, I've, I think the kicking game is going to be a huge part of this game. Um, yeah. I, yeah, that that's going to be crucial that that we have a good good day in the kicking game. Um, no 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 punting flubs, please. Yeah. Can't have any, any Gotta off be on, the side of the may, foot.
0: We we miss that number eleven who's on the the Ravens now, don't we, Andy? Yeah. Uh, hey, we miss having a, 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 a lethal punter on our side. You know, I, I, that that is something that we, I, we have lacked this season for sure, but I, I don't think it's been, you know, a detriment either. So I, I I'd agree. I'd like with to have Joel. a
1: game good enough offensively where that doesn't matter. Okay. That's what I'm looking for.
2: It would be Fair. amazing if we scored over 30 points and kept that streak alive too. That's all, all that stuff's good for recruiting. All that stuff yeah. is, uh, yeah, those, the numbers matter, boys. The numbers matter.
1: <laughs> well, Joel, uh, thanks for joining us for By the Numbers, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next week, and we'll figure out exactly how all this went. Um, let's go Penn State and beat the Buckeyes, huh?
2: Talk to you soon, fellas. <laughs> all right, all right, bye. Later, Joel.
1: Bro, those are some pretty wild predictions. I mean... I don't know how I feel about mine, but... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Look, here's what I think. I'm b- before we sign off. I just, I just got to say this. It's time. Yeah, it's time. No, it's 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 it, it, time to expose Ohio State for the pretenders they are this year. It's time to. It, it's time for and, our and, defense. And, and, and I, to I take control.
0: And I haven't even mentioned this r- really, but like going into into their home turf, beating them on the road that goes such a long way in so many ways and one of them being beating the Death Star that is the recruiting machine that you, you want, do you realize how many recruits are going to be at that game? I mean, the Michigan game for us is going to be a, like a banner day recruiting-wise from from having, you know, all these 100-plus recruits. On the if we can, you know, this is a recruiting rival, and they have been. I, this could this very well be. a four- well and five-star recruiting machine that we
1: can't even contend with, by and large. It's a so, pivot point, potentially. Absolutely for, it is. For Penn is. State's for whole Franklin, trajectory as all a program. It. It's time to get that Death Star monkey off our back. And you know what? It was five years ago that James Franklin, coming out of an Ohio State loss, yep. said, we are, we are not a elite. great team. <laughs> we are not an elite team, yep. and we have a long way to go. We very well may have an elite team this year, and we have a chance to prove it on Saturday by going into Columbus, into the horseshoe, at the big noon kick on Saturday, and putting on a clinic against the... Number three team in the country. Shocked the nation. Last year was not our year. We were close. We came down to uh, 10 minutes of winning. But Ohio State, that game showed that we weren't there yet. Now, everything's laying out. This is our year, bro. It's time. This is what
0: you come to Penn State for this is what you play the Big 10 for this is what college football is all about top 10 matchups with everything on the line border rivals and uh it, it couldn't it couldn't get any bigger than this so far this year it's going to be it's going to be an awesome awesome day for football Sto- so stoked so I'm excited stoked. <laughs> I, i'm yeah. going to have a
1: hard time waiting until saturday yeah i'm looking forward to seeing penn state put their best game of the season on the field on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Hope you'll all be watching. I hope you'll join us next week as we recap the game, whatever happens, whether we're flying high or whether we're dragging low, we'll be there with you. We'll break it down. We'll recap it all. But in the meantime, friends, enjoy this weekend. Enjoy this game. Soak it up. Until then, that'll do it for us, bro. Wanna remind everyone to subscribe, share this podcast with your friends, write a review, give us a rating, send an email so we can take your mailbag questions, blue and white brothers at gmail.com. And by this time next week, we're gonna be talking about that huge result. Until then, it always starts with I love you. And it ends with I love you.
2: It always starts with I love you! We are.
1: Penn State. Love you, bro. Love you. Thanks
0: for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise.